0: This is another episode of Connecting the Dots. My name is Skip Stewart, Vice President and Chief Improvement Officer for Baptist Memorial Healthcare.
1: Hi, everybody. I'm H.F. Mason. I'm a general surgeon and chief medical officer here at Baptist Union County.
2: And hello, everyone. I'm Jake Lancaster, the Chief Medical Information Officer for the Baptist System and an internal medicine physician.
0: Well, guys, uh, normally uh, we'll have guests on, and uh, we've been inviting physicians from all across the country, and we will continue to do that, both uh, physicians as well as other disciplines. But sometimes we just want to have a conversation and help connect our own dots or maybe help people within Baptist connect some dots. So when it comes to the Baptist management system, um, what is something y'all would like to talk about today?
2: Well, Skip, a few weeks back I went through the the formal job instructions training and um, after after doing that, you got me signed up for the uh, job relations training coming up in January and I just want to kind of know in advance what what am I getting myself into? What is what is JR? Can can we talk about that? Yeah. Hey,
1: let, let me ask you something uh, Jake first. What what was your uh, what did you make a jib on? I I'm just interested.
2: Yeah, so it was on how to use this particular tool in Epic called Slicer Dicer.
1: Slicer Dicer. Mm -hmm. How many steps did you get it down to?
2: Oh, I'd have to go back. It was probably like four. Okay.
1: Mine was uh, how to tie the first part of a uh, two-handed surgeon's knot.
2: And and let me ask you, are are you still using the same sutures that you're using (laughs) prior, or have you you made the switch? (laughs) You know, even more than that, you know, I was
1: <laughs> I haven't made the switch yet. But, you know, as we were introducing ourselves, I was, um, you know, this may be the last time that I get to say Baptist Union County. Uh, now, and I think we have a podcast next week. Is that right?
0: We but, do. But this, but this one will debut in January when when you uh, take on your new position.
1: I'll, I'll be at Baptist Soto. And, you know, this. Guys, this was my last day to do um, elective surgery. It was wow. it was kind of weird uh, walking out of the OR for the last time, but it, I'm I'm ready to enter a new chapter. But anyway, back to uh, back to Jr.
0: Well, well, let's talk about Jr. So uh, let me remind everyone that within the Baptist management system, you have to think about. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes people call these things tools and there are tools within them, but I would think it would be more wise to call them subsystems. So TWI, which stands for training within industry is a subsystem of the Baptist management system, just like the respiratory system or the digestive system would be a subsystem of the human body system. Now, within each one of those subsystems, uh, there are multiple tools. And so y'all referenced a minute ago, TWI, training within industry, job instructions. And y'all were talking about a JIB, a job instruction breakdown. But what we're talking about today is TWI, JR, job relations. And people have heard me say more than once, and uh, with no apologies, that I think that TWI, job relations, is probably the most important piece to the entire Baptist management system. And this is why I say that, is it's the best way that I know to operationalize respect for every individual. It's been around since 1940, and it's a scientific way of dealing with people problems and getting people to follow your leadership. And if we say that in JR that leaders by definition have followers, and, and so JR promotes certain things to help people follow your leadership. And if they don't follow your leadership, then it has a method to deal with people in an objective way deal with the problem in an objective way versus a reactionary emotional way. And so job relations has this pattern of thought that it follows when it comes to dealing with this very complex uh, thing that we call an individual. And so let me start off by saying this, everything that you're going to try to accomplish in your career, and everything that you're trying to accomplish right now, at the end of the day is through people. Fair enough? Uh, Whether those people directly report to Mm -hmm. you or whether those are counterparts, or whether it's even your boss. You're still trying to accomplish something through a person, and people are very, very complex, and, and they change over time. So why is this so important? Well, in every industry uh, that exists, uh, people, um, what happens a lot of times, as one nurse told me, was, Skip, I went to school to be a nurse. I woke up one day and I was a manager and I didn't know what I was doing. I was faking it till I made it. And JR gave me a standard by which to follow, to try to get people to follow my leadership. And when they didn't and we had a problem, it gave me a standard by which to deal with that problem. So that's at the high level that's what we're trying to do with JR. Is we're trying to show people respect, but it's showing them respect by how we interact with them and what type of relationship do we give them. So let me hit the pause there and see what questions might be because it makes sense to me, but you know I want to make sure yeah, that
1: it, it it makes perfect sense. And 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 Skip, I, I went through JR. I don't know, one or two months ago. And I, I tell you, it it was incredibly helpful. And and the one thing that the one of the main takeaways that I took from it was that, you know, yes, the issues that we have to deal with day to day, no matter what, what field you're in are people issues. And Jr. teaches you a way how to deal with those people issues. And, and most, of the, you know, when, when you. And we'll talk about the yellow card here in a little bit, but when you look at the steps, when you see those, you say, Oh yeah, everybody knows, everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that you're supposed to get the facts, but but those are things that we we don't do. I mean, we tend to jump to conclusions, we tend to not follow up, we tend to pass the buck, which we, we tend to do do all of those things. And is what JR has helped me is to truly find a standard way to deal with the issue every time and and it's 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 standard and it's consistent and it's it's almost like you know it's it's the kata of human resources i mean it is really a pattern to do things and and i i just think it was wonderful i mean i i think everybody should go through uh JR, especially Jake. <laughs>
2: well, no, yeah, no, that, that no I'm not, you know, I'm kidding. No, no, but it makes a lot of sense. So, you know, you know, as the CMIO, most of what I do is trying to get uh, groups of people to, to maybe do things and, and change their workflows that they aren't necessarily that enthusiastic about doing. And so change management is a large part of what my training was within clinical informatics about specifically the, those, those things is, you know, taking a project and how to identify the key stakeholders, the key input uh, thought leaders and getting them on board with whatever thing you're trying to accomplish. Um, but it, it doesn't dive down deep into the details of what to do on each particular uh, one-on-one interaction, which I'm, I'm hoping that JR will kind of shed some light on. Um, that being said, you know you can't grow up in Mississippi without knowing how to deal with people. You know, so <laughs> it, it, you know, you, you think of the Tell Mississippi politician, glad handing, uh, slapping people on the back. You know, that's kind of what we we're taught how to do growing up. So I'm interested to see if if uh, this this TWI you know formal instruction can can beat a good Mississippi education.
0: Well, you know, uh, the, the thing <laughs> that's the thing that's powerful about job relations is it it really it's a skill right so by definition skills have to be practiced and unfortunately we've been told in our society that leaders are these charismatic people that kind of look like jake you know with the wavy hair and uh you know and the reality is it's a skill and so how do we practice the skill how do we respond in ways that aren't emotional but they're objective and so how do we get people, how do we build relationships? So let me give you an example of that. So uh, and I'm looking at a little yellow card, a card that was created in the 1940s, and and it just gives the guidelines. It's not necessarily a magic wand. And uh, I don't tend to give the card out to people that have never went through JR because it doesn't mean anything without the, the class. And so, um, but for example, there are certain basic things that, JR would argue that if you do, you can uh, you can prevent problems from occurring. Mm. It's not perfect. It's not magical, but there's just some basic things. So, like here's, I'll bring up one of them that I see get violated almost daily. It says that we should tell people in advance about changes that will affect them. Tell them why, if possible. Work with them to accept the change. Now that's just one of the principles but one of the things that i don't believe anybody does it intentionally but one of the things that happens is when we throw things on people when we when we when we just kind of surprise people people feel disrespected they feel mm-hmm. they don't like that and when that's done enough people start to build up resentment and they build build up frustration and over time uh when that and other things occur when there isn't a relationship, the way that the problem comes up is several different ways. So we we argue in JR that a pro a person problem you're going to normally see it by one of four ways. You're either going to size up the problem before it occurs. You, you start to start to understand how it's occurring. You start to size it up. You're going to be tipped off that uh, that some things are occurring, and you're going to look into it. Or the problem might come to you, but what most of the time happens, 90% of the time, is the fourth one. The problem is going to run into you. It's going to explode right in your face because enough resentment and frustration has been built up in the person long enough that that's going to manifest itself in some kind of, of emotion or some kind of issue, some kind of problem. And then that's when you have to use... The four step method on the other side of the card to say, how am I going to deal with this? And Dr. Mason, you were right. It follows that Kata pattern. Even though this was created in the 40s, it starts off saying, what do we want to accomplish? Now, what's funny about that is you would be shocked at the number of people. If I told you, I've talked to when they've told me about some person problem, I'll sit there and listen to them. And I'll say when, it's, when they're all done, uh, when I'll try to listen to understand versus listening to reply, two different types of listening, right? And once they're done talking and I've listened, I'll say, what is it you want to accomplish? You'd be shocked at how often the person will say, well, we just need to fire them. Really? That's what you want to accomplish? Oh, no, no, no. They'll realize that that may be the best thing to say. No, no, no. We just want them to show up on time, have a good attitude, or whatever the scenario may be, right? Sure. And and then you end that method. You go through a, a pretty detailed methodology. Then you end that method asking the question, did you meet your objective? So you start off with saying, what's my objective? What do I want to accomplish? And you end it saying, did I meet my objective? Did I meet what I was trying to accomplish? So it's a closed looped process to think about. But the other thing to think about, I like how Mark Rother said it once. He said, I could be the greatest engineer or the greatest scientist you've ever seen, but if the person that I'm coaching with improvement, Kata or any other kind of uh, scientific thinking, if that person doesn't feel respected me, if they don't have self-efficacy, if they don't feel psychologically safe, I'm never going to be able to coach that f- person forward be- because there's no relationship there. Hmm. And so, um, so I mean that those are some things to think about with 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 job relations. Um, you know, another thing to think about, just to put this, Steve Spear talked about this in our November podcast, is um A system, we always say a system is a whole that cannot be separated into individual parts. So a car is a great example of a system, even though you may have an engine and brakes and a trans, you know, you have all different parts. You only get the property of getting you from point A to point B when those parts interact. Well, if you think about, you know, uh, a hospital system, you, you have. You have the ED, and you have radiology, and you have the lab, and you have the ICU, and you have all these different parts. The question is not do you have the inter, the parts. I think Steve's spirit brought a good point of how do those parts interact? I, I was watching a, a video the other day of um, of a basketball coach. Now, let me make it very clear. I know nothing about basketball. I mean, literally nothing. I think they're supposed to get the ball in the hole. That's about all I know. And so as a college wrestler, I I never followed basketball, but what I heard this coach saying was he was talking to the players about how they needed to interact. And he would say, when this player does this, you do this, but if he does this, then you do something else. And he was talking about that relationship that they were supposed to have. You think about in healthcare, how well do we promote the relationships? Between the interactions of the parts, and, and so that's something that something to think about, you know, even when it comes to job relations. So yeah, I'm a huge over the top fan of job relations because I think most of the issues that we tend to have stem from these relationships or lack thereof, right? Um, I even heard a, a nurse manager. She's went 19 months with zero nurse turnover, zero. Wow. And she was the one that told me, Skip, I graduated from college. I went to school to be a nurse, and that's what I thought I would do. And I woke up one day, and I ended up being a manager, and I didn't really know what I was doing. And I didn't really know how to get people to follow my leadership, and I didn't know how to deal with problems when they did come up. And Jr. has been a big help to her in that regard.
2: Let me ask you a question, um, you know, and, and to HF's point, yes, I really need this, <laughs> given <laughs> given what I do, but, you know, it's, it, so you talked earlier about uh, not communicating changes that are coming that are going to affect people, yeah. the of that all the time, despite my best efforts to communicate and get to every provider about uh, upcoming changes uh, with the EMR. Uh, not everybody reads the emails and... Um, And you know, finding and making sure we hit everybody is is hard. Um, So it seems like JR is geared more towards a one-on-one relationship. Is there any use for it in a one-to-many type relationship, or or how do you see to solve that that sort of problem? You know, so
0: so great question, great question. So there are some underlying principles that is what we call the foundations for good relations, and yes. The way that it is taught is being a one-on-one, me and someone that reports to me, or me and my boss, or me and you, a counterpart, right? So it is a one-on-one, but some of the principles uh, are applicable for for many. So, for example, I want to tell people in advance about changes that will affect them. If I'm dealing with a group of people, then... I want to do that because it's the right thing to do to show respect. I want to tell that group in advance um, what we're doing. So, for example, let me put myself on the hot seat. I have a group that you're going to be a part of and that Dr. Mason is already a part of called uh, the Baptist Management System Ambassadors. And we'll talk about them at some point in the future, but it's 81 individuals. CEOs, physicians, chief nursing officers, a lot of different disciplines and different in different areas. But one of the things I try to hold myself accountable is is telling them way in advance and telling them often about things that are coming down the pike. I would rather them say, "Okay, okay, okay, skip, I got it," you know, versus saying, "What? What do you mean?" and being surprised, because then that would I wouldn't be practicing what I preach and I wouldn't be developing a good relationship with them. So there are some things that are applicable to many, but you are correct. It's mainly prone for developing those one-on-one relationships. Also yeah. let, and, let me, the, go ahead, go ahead, ahead. Dr. Morrison.
1: No, I was just talking about those foundations are so, are so critical. Uh, you know, we always heard, uh, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a, a pound of, of cure, and just by continuing to to have those those foundations you can prevent prevent most of the uh, of the issues that you're going to have you know like you said tell people in advance you know let each worker know how they are doing you know that's very give them feedback uh, regularly uh, you know give credit when credit is due you know strike when the strike when it's hot you know let them know yeah. when it's hot and and those things are, are so you know if we just did those
0: so, so let's build on that one let's build on that last one that you yeah. talked about give credit when due for seven years at being at baptist something that has been consistent every month for seven years is when i start my monthly meeting with dr de priest there is no option there's a standard that he has and the very first thing that he does there's no choice in the conversation as he starts off saying who can i write a thank you card to on your behalf skip and uh and so that's the very first thing even if i have something very important i want to talk to him about that matter we're going to write the thank you card and it's going to be written to someone and he writes it right there in front of me you know and then he uh he hands it to his executive assistant to send out What's been shocking to me is I've heard about some of the people that I've offered up their name and I've been shocked and surprised at how much that thank you card meant to them. Uh, Some people it's actually brought tears. Some people it has they have put it on their refrigerator like they were they did when they were young. Um, I've just been really surprised that the power of a thank you card. And so compared to, go ahead, go ahead, Dr. No, no,
1: I mean, that's, that's, that's awesome. And, and, you know, that, that can even, you know, when it's coming from the COO, I mean, it's, it's awesome. But I mean, just coming from a nurse manager, you know, when, when the, when nurse leaders make their rounds and and they're, they're talking, making their leader rounds with the patients and the, you know, they should ask, is there anybody that you'd like to recognize today? You know, any anybody that I can tell that tell them that they're doing a good job. And, and, you know, Miss Jones may say, well, you know, oh, you know, Nurse Mary, she she helped me do this or do that or do whatever. And just by that nurse manager stopping Nurse Mary in the hall and saying, I just want to let you know that that Miss Jones in room 222, she she was really uh, pleased and thankful that you helped her do this. It it just it, it goes a long way.
0: So, so let me let me uh, build up one of uh, example of that. So, Katie Parker, y'all know Katie. She's a director, and she's uh, I'm privileged to have her as part of my team. And she's been with us at the time of this recording for about a year and three or four or five months, something like that. And Katie is uh, really really sharp. She's undergraduate and master's in industrial engineering. She's a certified professional engineer, deep logistics background. But do you know that no one in the last year and five, four or five months is is technically sharp as she is. No one has ever emailed me, called me, reached out to me to talk about her technical skills ever. However, almost weekly, someone this week has already occurred. Someone will text me, email me, call me, reach out to me and talk to me about how she made them feel. About the encouragement that she gave them, um, about uh, just the, the 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 pat on the back that she gave them, or you know something of that nature. And so, uh, to me, that's very insightful about how important those relationships are.
1: Oh yeah, another thing that it's helped me with is you know once you have a problem and once you've Determine your objective, you know, you're supposed to get the facts yep. and, you know, I'm a surgeon. I mean, I want I want a solution right then and there. I want it fixed so I can move on to the next thing. And, and it's what JR has helped me do is to, to know, stop, slow down and, and, and get the facts. And way before I ever went through JR training, Randy White, who who's y'all know Randy, he's the chief yeah. of CNO at DeSoto now. He would, he would say, all right, now let's, let's get the facts. I mean, I must have heard him say that 20 times, and I was always thinking, I mean, this guy must have been watching Dragnet, you know. <laughs> I know, Jake, you might not remember Dragnet. I but, remember uh, Dragnet, over but uh, just give, give me the facts, ma'am. And uh, that's what it's helped me to do. It's helped me to stop, you know, get the facts, don't jump to
2: conclusions, and th- that's really helped me a lot. That one's probably most of my alley as somebody that likes data. I get really frustrated if somebody suggests a change without any data to support it. And I will, I'm kind of, I'll push back and ask for for data for a lot of the things that are, you know, um, or changes that people want to make. And so I, I think I do a good job with that one, at least trying to show some data. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, one one of the things that happened even this week that we're recording this was I had a friend reached out to me that is helping a, a manufacturing company in the West Coast and and he's working through some JR. and he said, "Can you just have? Can I bounce some stuff off you?" I said, "Sure." And I thought it was insightful because there's always this natural tendency to want to jump to conclusions. So he referred a couple facts to me. And I'm following a pretty, pretty uh, structured process, and and when I asked a couple questions, we ended up with more of what we don't know than what we did know. So there was more questions that we had that no one knew, and the people were already ready to jump to conclusions and call out an action to terminate this person. And, and I said, well, wait a second. Whoa. I said, what about this? And what about that? And what about this? And I thought the, the response was interesting. They said, well, the person's only not is only in their 90 days. And I said, so because they're in their 90s days, does that mean they're no longer valuable? They're still an individual. They're still a human being. Now, the, the phone call got very quiet at that point. <laughs> but the point is, when we don't have all the facts, our brain naturally jumps uh, to a conclusion. and we'll, we'll talk about that for sure in upcoming episodes when we talk about kata, but and I'm sure you' all have read much on it. But if you read anything on neuroscience, it's there's evidence over there overwhelming that we have all kinds of cognitive biases. around 180 of them actually is what the scientists say. And our brain naturally jumps to conclusions. We naturally, uh, want to jump right there. And especially when we're dealing with something as complex as a human, we want to have all of the facts. We want to know exactly what's going on. Uh, because we, we go through a process, just to let you know what that process is, We we first say, once we have a person problem, we say, what is it we're trying to accomplish? Or the objective. Then we go through a process of get the facts. Now, remember, there's a there's a lot behind these steps. So step one is get the facts. There's a lot behind what it means to get the facts. Then there's step two, weigh and decide. Uh, and there's a lot behind that on how do we how do we uh, fit the facts together? How do we consider the bearings on each other? And we look at the objectives uh, compared to uh, compared to the possible actions. So we, there's a lot behind there. Step and when you're through. talking
2: about get the facts and, and weigh and decide, are you talking about you have a an issue with an individual that's directly reporting to you and you're trying to decide disciplinary action? Is that kind of the scenario you're walking us through?
0: Disciplinary action could be a potential uh, could be a potential action, but it may not be. So it could be that I'm working with someone that reports to me or I could be working with you. So let's say that, that me and you that don't report to each other, uh, we have an, an issue that has come up, right? And- the
2: podcast quality. I know. You keep telling
0: <laughs> me about it. <laughs> and, and so, and let's say that I determine, you know, I, I really need to address this. And so I have a framework here, a scientific framework that I'm going to use. I'm first going to say, you know, what is my objective with Jake? What is it that I'm trying to accomplish? You know, and then I'm gonna go through a process of collecting all the facts uh, on this particular issue that's occurred. And I'm gonna go through a process of vetting those facts to make sure that there's not other facts that I haven't forgotten and there always are. The vetting process will always reproduce. Oh yes, I didn't think about this. I didn't think about that. And then when we get to the way and decide we're going to scrutinize just like you as a physician you, as a physician. Y'all look at certain issues that go on and, and you may connect those with other issues. Am, am I saying that correctly? Um, uh, I know I'm not a physician. Am I saying that? That right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're going to connect that same thing here, but eventually we're going to lay out some possible actions. So let's use the example of me and Jake. Uh, it's not an issue of disciplinary action. It may be that I'm going to sit down with um, uh, Dr. Lancaster and and review the standard, or I'm going to just have a conversation with him or whatever it may be.
2: They kicked me off the
0: podcast. (laughs) No, that's not going to happen. So, uh, but then the question becomes, these are all possible actions, but how do those possible actions compare to what the objective is? How, do, how would those possible actions affect Jake? How would they affect the group that we work in? How would they affect potentially patient care? So we're looking at it from different angles. So it's not necessarily for disciplinary action. It's ultimately we're looking at action, possible actions when it comes to the objective that we've determined from the beginning.
1: Yeah, and, and it, it, you know, it sounds like it's, it's super rigid. But once you start weighing and deciding and taking action, it, it, it it isn't quite as, as, as rigid. I mean, you, you, once you gather all those facts, you, you you find out that there are circumstances that, that may be in play
0: that, that you didn't know about. And uh, Uh, I was talking to a senior executive from a fortune 50 company. We'll just say that. I don't want to name them. And, uh, and just retired after 39 years working there. About 10 years ago, he learned about JR and became a certified trainer, which is pretty impressive. That this individual is a president of this division, had 2,000 people reporting to him, but was compelled to uh, go become a certified trainer like myself and JR. We were sitting there together at dinner, and he said, "Skip." He said, "I'm convinced that before I found Jr, that there were many, many people that I fired in my career that should have never been fired." That was an eye opener to me to hear that level of humility from him, that he was willing to admit that, and that you know he had realized that uh, that that he needed some other types of skills, and uh, Jr was what he needed.
1: Skip, you talked about you talked about training and. and- of course, you're you're a JR, you're, you're JR trained, and mm-hmm. and I know there are other people in the system, but but for our listeners, I, I know a lot of, you know, managers and leaders within the system, JR is part. It's it may even be required. But but what about some of our physician trainers? I mean, physician listeners. Yeah. If, if they listen to this and they say, hey, I, I'm interested in that. I'd like to uh, I'd like to go through the training. What does the training consist of? And is there an avenue for for them to to be trained?
0: Yeah. So I'm a certified trainer and I can give the class. The class is a 10 hour class. It's two hours each day, Monday through Friday. It just happens to be. That I just finished a virtual class this week, and we had a physician uh, in the class, and we actually dealt with one of his problems. And but it's a Monday through Friday, two hours each day, and uh, and so that's how you initially get introduced to TWI job relations. But the reason I say get introduced is remember I keep saying it's a skill. So the other thing that we've done. Is every entity uh, a lot? We have a lot of trainers throughout the system, and so they can go through training if they want to at their uh, facility. They don't have to go through with me. But we also are trying to find ways for people to continue to develop the skill. Let me give you an example. What some people have done is they've created a one-page form that uh, follows the line, the the structure of the. The four-step method of dealing with a, a problem and so now anytime someone brings a problem to the hr they sit down with them and fill out this one page form and they say okay what is it we're trying to uh what's our objective what are we trying to accomplish what are the facts and they walk them through that process so that it's not just an emotional reaction of walking into hr and dumping something on them so they can reach out to me for sure but we have several people with the JR uh, skill sets that can do the class in addition to me.
1: And, and, and for all you guys out there with kids, it, it helps with teenagers.
2: You can
0: use it with teenagers
2: <laughs> and spouses.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, We'll see about the spouse part. But I got a four-year-old boy and a three-year-old boy. I don't think anything works for them.
0: <laughs> well, well, guys, thank you all so much. I could talk to y- about JR for uh, hours. I'm a big believer in it. Um, I've just seen um, how powerful it is. I'll, I'll leave us on this note. In the last year, the strongest cause and effect that I've ever seen in my career has been when I sit down with people that had did great improvement work or maybe they were really engaged and now they're not engaged. And I sit down and just listen, listen to understand versus listening to reply and just listen to them what I will inevitably discover at 100% i always discover this is that there is an underlying jr issue that they were really engaged and now they feel disrespected by their leader and they've chosen to be unengaged that that they're that they're just no longer wanting to be involved you know in the improvement uh, i had a, an executive call me the other day and he said skip you said that every human being is creative And I do. I believe that God, the creator, has made you, the creation, amazingly creative. And they said, but I ask my people for their ideas all the time, and they never give me any ideas. So what do you say to that? And I said, well, I would say that your people probably don't trust you. You know, and trust is something that has to be earned. And so we have to earn, and I think JR is a a powerful methodology to help us earn that trust. So, guys, thank you all so much for, uh, for drilling me on JR, and I could talk about it for hours, so hopefully more people will be interested.
1: Thank you. Enjoyed it.